Welcome back everyone. You've reached Manta Aquatics. This is Juan and Steven. Today's topic is big tanks versus nano tanks. So our first topic today is going to be the cost of a large planter tank versus a small planter tank. So I have a 180 gallon planter tank as well as a 15 um, and one has... I have... Um... A 10 gallon and then a 3 gallon and a 1.5 so I, I primarily have nano tanks but yeah so we'll start off with a big tank um, as far as cost wise goes so uh, hit us with your story Steve because I know this is a good one <laughs> so obviously so I, my, the story starts off so we have a, a local store here and I they had a beautiful angelfish tank it's all planted and I just fell in love with it and I asked the store, and I was like, how much does that cost? And he told me with, like, everything, it was about $4,000. So after I woke up from my coma, I, uh, <laughs> I said, well, that's not going to work out. So uh, for most of you, if you, you, know, if you can drop, uh, you know, 4K on a fish tank, you know, I'd like to be your friend someday. And but, that's, that's 4000 including uh, lights and filtration and yeah, the stand, correct? Yeah, that was, that was everything, but not fish, you know, not rocks or plants or anything I was just you know the basics right so but like I said I'm not, not almost to kind of to spite my uh, my local fish shop I uh, I scoured Craigslist and uh, mainly Craigslist back then it was probably about two or three years ago I, Facebook uh, marketplace really wasn't I didn't know of it at the time right so I found so we we're located in Tennessee and I found one in uh, Georgia. Apparently, Georgia has all the fish tanks, like all the used stuff. This, you'll, if you stay on this, you'll notice I like to travel to Georgia to pick up used <laughs> tanks. Uh, there seems to be a trend there. But anyway, so I, I found this 180-gallon tank with stand and a canopy, which I really like, um, that, those features. And it's all it was wood, and uh, he was keeping it in a chicken coop. Uh, it was a used chicken coop, and... He'd had it in there for a, a while. He's breeding uh, bearded dragons out of it. And I said, and it looked really pretty. So I, I think he wanted about, I want to say $800 for it. So, and it was kind of a sketchy place. I took my dad with me, who's a deputy sheriff. And uh, <laughs> just a little extra protection. So we went down there to this sketchy Craigslist place and got a, uh, this fish tank. And he, he turned out to be a really nice guy and... Uh, I think we talked him down to about, I think I got him down like $600 for everything. So, um, and it took about uh, a long time to clean it up because the bearded dragons, they were no longer in it. It was, it was, a, there, nothing had been in the tank for a long time. It was just cobwebs. But the stand itself and the canopy were pretty in bad shape. So we had to sand it down and uh, stain it and everything. But it looks really good now. Right, so for the tank itself and a stand and canopy, yeah, which was that's the only thing you got from the guy, right? Yeah, no yeah. lighting or, no, or, or no. filtration or, or some so, type so, type of thing. And like that, that was that. So there were cheaper tanks out there of similar size, um, but they didn't come with the standard. Because I saw cheaper tanks, I was like, can okay. I just get the stand and canopy from them? So he quoted me. Um, about, I think it was in the ballpark, about $2,000 to build wow. a stand and a canopy for me. So professional carpenter was definitely, again, not really an option. Right. So going to your local fish store, getting a $4,000 tank, that's the tank stand, lights, right. and filtration maybe. I'm not sure. I think they, they do sometimes on some of those tanks. So he, the one that I was looking at did not come with the filtration. Okay. It was just like... I don't even think that it was. I'm not sure if he counted the filtration and the cost or not. He might have. So that's all four thousand though. Right. Just brand new, brand spanking new. Right. And, and, and it does look nice. Yeah. And then going to going the route of maybe getting your custom stand built. Yeah. Is, and they got like a used one eighty. Um, it was also it was would have cost me about you know. 2500 probably yeah so that's still a good a good chunk of money there right so a tank a big tank i also have to say like in like to refurbish the tank i had i didn't have any tools so i had to go buy a sander sawhorses paint 
um, paintbrushes. So there was some, probably, I would say $200 in addition to the tank itself, just in right. tool. But now, and also I had to buy dollies because I don't know if you ever tried to lift a 180 gallon tank. It's about 300 pounds empty. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's, it's extremely heavy. Um, and I, it landed on my, my big toe and it hurt a lot. <laughs> it didn't yeah. break it. I'm sure that, it, I mean. It, it, it didn't feel good. Yeah, I don't think that was a, a comfortable comfortable thing to have on your foot there. No. Luckily, it was a full of water, so that would have hurt a lot more. Yeah, that would have been worse. So, the cost of the tank and the stand, and then the cost of actually going out to Georgia. Right. Because whoever you have moving, you know you have to give them lunch. Right. Yeah, at you least. You have to pay for it. <laughs> Gas. For the labor fee. Right. Which is usually food, so that's right. usually a good yeah, thing, so you, you know, especially yeah, if you got friends. Yeah, you know. if you had a, a strong friend, definitely a, a good restaurant is going to be in order right. to move a 300-pound tank. Yeah, so all around, I'd say you probably spent close to 1000 Right, yeah, I would say probably close to about 1000 But then once you start throwing in, so I shopped Black Friday sales, and I feel like that helped me a lot. Um, I bought three uh, Fluval 3.0s, 24 inches, because 180 gallons is 24 inches, um, the width is 24 inches, and they had a six-foot light, um, but I feel like it wouldn't have looked as nice, because um, you already have the connectors along the tank. Yeah. So I felt like the 24 inches, and then if one light died, I would still have two lights that I could work with. Um, I would definitely recommend Fluval. Um, I just had one of my lights die after two years. I took one phone call. They had an American call center hooked right up, and they sent me a new light the next day. So after two years, and all, all, all I had to do was send them um, a picture of the receipt, and that was a done deal. So definitely recommend Fluval. So I just checked. Uh, so I got them from Aquarium Co-op. Um, that light right now is about $150, I think I said, $160, something like that. And I got it on Black Friday. I think I got it for about $115. That was about two years ago. So they have come up a little bit now, but definitely look at those Black Friday sales. I did the same thing with my, uh, I got an FX6. Uh, so my stand uh, was actually two, the, from the bottom to, the, to, to like the, um, the top of it. There wasn't enough space to put the FX6 in there. It was too tall. So I actually had to put the FX6 on the side of it, drill holes through my, <laughs> my brand new canopy and run it kind of like a, what do you call it, peninsula tank? Yeah. So that's pretty much how I've had to run it now. But it's, it's worked out well. Um, actually, I wouldn't change it because it's way easier to gain access to my filter because the canister, um, I feel like if it was in the, in the, underneath the stand, it would have been a lot harder to get in and out. You'd have to squeeze in there right. and take it all apart. And... Yeah. Worry about getting so those of you who think about running peninsula style canisters filter it does work um but it's actually in my opinion it's actually better than putting it in the stand especially since for a used one you know right a used big tank especially like a like a 180 now that's pretty big yeah it's in and I, I, I like to talk about the wild factor of a 180 because anybody comes in the room it's, it's hilarious i'll wipe somebody over they'll be talking to me as soon as they walk in the living room they just shut up and they just stare at the tank for like 30 seconds or a yeah. minute. And my, my best, my favorite question, everybody asks it, is that a saltwater tank? Yeah. And there's, I, I have know. like angelfish and plants and, you know, it's a very, very fresh water, but uh, that's always their first question. Yeah, I can see where they get confused. You do have like a sand bed. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, people who don't know what all kind of plants go in freshwater or freshwater fish, you know, they get confused. So tell us about your, your puffer tank. Okay, so, yeah, so, it's not really a puffer tank, but, um, so I have the, my first tank was a 10 gallon, and I actually bought it brand new from uh, a local fish store here that we have here in, uh, in Knoxville, and, um, I was gonna go with the PetSmart route, but I had really gone online and, and YouTube a bunch of videos with people who had these, you know, 10 gallon nano tanks, and I really fell in love with the rimless tanks. You know, PetSmart, they have their their uh, 10 gallons and they have those black rims all around it. And I didn't really like that. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't want to put effort to actually, you know, buy one and then pull off the trim of it. And I was, I was brand new and I was just afraid I'd like crack the acrylic or something or the glass. So I didn't want to do that. So I bought mine brand new. I think it was around 
like sixty dollars, and that's just the tank itself. Like that was nothing else. Now did that come with the filter, or did you have to buy the filter? No, that that was just the tank itself. Just the tank, the ten gallon tank rimless was around sixty seventy. Hmm. No filter, no lighting, and that's retail. It's not right, and that wasn't on sale or anything either. Right. <clears throat> and then so then I had to get the filter and the lighting. I believe I got the lighting from another local fish store. And because I wasn't sure what kind of lighting to use, because there's so many out there. Um, but I ended up finding a uh, fluval because Steven here, you know, he's all about his fluval lights. <laughs> so he convinced me to get one. And they had a, they have this nano fluval light you can get. And it looks like a cube. And you can put it, mount it on the, on the back of your, your tank there. And I thought that was perfect for a 10 gallon too. So and, and it has an app which is nice. Yeah, that, yeah, and the app is really nice because you can ramp it up, you know, s- schedule um, to turn on at different times or turn off, you know. And it has there's so much things you can do with the app uh, with that with the fluval light. So that was that was perfect. But the light itself, I think, was about eighty, maybe like eighty or something like that. And then so I had to get a filter, and it had to be a hang on back filter, and that again was a. Um, AquaClear, that's what AquaClear twenty or something like that. Yeah. Um, and those run like what, like twenty ish. Yeah. Twenty five ish. Yeah, twenty thirty something like that. Yeah. So there alone, that's like what one twenty, like one one fifty one eighty. Yeah. So a nano tank compared to uh, like a one eighty, <laughs> a ten gallon nano compared to a one eighty, the price difference is is massive. Yeah, but I, th- I mean, if you broke if you broke that down to like you know how many ten gallons versus one one eighty, right? I feel like you'd you'd come out ahead the one eighty, um, you know, percentage wise. Yeah, but obviously, you know, you're not gonna buy that many. Right, and I was like I said, I was this was my first tank in the hobby, like as a like an actual hobby, as an adult. You know, growing up, we had like a goldfish tank, and I don't even know how big that was. I want to say it was maybe like a 30 or something, but, you know, as like me and adult getting in the hobby, I wasn't trying to get anything that big, you know, try, I was trying to test the water, see if I, I'd really, you know, enjoy having a tank to begin with. So the 10 gallon was my route, um, but Steve had already had lots of experience having aquariums his whole life. So yeah, his 180 wasn't anything crazy for him so originally the 180 was supposed to be an African cichlid tank I don't know if you remember me talking about yeah I don't remember that yeah so so my original plan was to be a Mbuna African cichlid tank and I went there's a local guy here in Knoxville and I went he actually had a 182 everybody seems to have 180s here and uh, he was breeding African cichlids and the kind I wanted so I went there and to me, it kind of changed my whole mind. I, I'm so grateful for this guy because he, he changed it for me. Because <laughs> he, the fish, they were attractive, but they weren't like super, like nothing like what I'd seen in like you know on Google and stuff. So I was like, ah, maybe not. Yeah. And then like as soon as you enter a room, like they would dive under the rocks and just like do everything they could possibly do to get out of you know being seen. And they actually sit there for like absolutely still for 30 minutes, they'd come out and say hello. Yeah. And then if you move, they would dive back under the rocks. And I was like, ah, I don't know, this is the route for right. me. And it was kind of like just sand and rocks, and it was just kind of boring. And so then I went to a local fish store, and I saw the angelfish tank, and I was like, well... And they all come up with like a big school of like, right. how you doing? And, you know, please feed me. Yeah, and, greet you. And so I was like, well, okay, I'm going this route now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I remember you saying it was going to be an African cichlid uh, tank. For yeah, you. that was my... Uh, in fact, when I bought the tank, I told <laughs> the guy I was going to make an African cichlid tank. So after like... A year, I sent a picture of like you know how beautiful the planet tank was, and he texted back. He's like, "I thought you were making an African cichlid tank." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that threw him back. Like. Yeah, because before he sold it to me, he's like, "All right, I'll I'll, I'll discount it, but you guys sent me a picture. That was part of the deal." So he was kind of confused about my uh, my change of plans. But. Yeah. So that there is cost. Um, of course, you know, like I said, if you're if you're brand new in the hobby, you know, I wouldn't suggest anything going that big to begin with. <laughs> so, oh. so what would be your now now that you've had a couple tanks and seen my tank, what would be your recommended size for freshwater? Yeah, I'd probably say a ten to be honest, just because it's like super manageable, in my opinion, and the variety of nano fish that you can get is like 
there's like so many of them out there, you know? See, I think this is where Ron and I kind of dis- disagree because all of my fish that I like need at least like a 40 gallon. So, and we'll, we'll talk about this more with the, you know, the next sections, but, um, you know, I, I like the bigger fish, not, not like aggressive fish, but like bigger, like peaceful fish. Right. And I, I feel like my recommendation would be a 40 gallon just because like a 10 gallon, I feel like new people, you know, any kind of fluctuation, you're going to be in trouble quick. Yeah. And with a 40 gallon, you got a little wiggle room. And if you accidentally buy a fish that gets bigger, um, you're not just, you know, you're not scrambling yeah, to try and find, try and find a home, home for, for it. Yeah. Whenever you, you, know, you buy that bay of the shark or yeah. the common pleco or something, you know, uh, if you buy a red black shark or red catfish, you know, you're still going to be out of luck, but yeah. And they sell those here. I've seen them sell them and they get like mm-hmm. 300 pounds. Yeah, I know. So as far as plants go between the bigger and smaller tanks, so my, my favorite plants for a big tank are your dwarf, uh, what, t- tiger lotus, I think they're called. Yeah. Um, so they don't, they say dwarf, those suckers get huge. Like my, yeah. mine, mine is probably about, what do you think, a foot wide? Yeah, just about, yeah. About, about a foot wide and probably about six inches tall. Yeah. It takes up probably about a good third of the tank. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's, uh, right now it's really sucking because I've been fighting some blackbirds. I've only run the light for about f- uh, four hours a day. So right now it's kind of, it's really small. So definitely, uh, my experience with it is, um, they definitely appreciate a, a longer light period and right. a stronger light. So that's, that's going to be my, my biggest recommendation. Cause it's, it's just a gorgeous plant. Um, also, they're going to want, even in a, my tank's two feet deep, so even that it sends up runners to the top, like makes the lily pads. If you cut those lily pads off, it'll, it will stay small and go wide. So okay. that's a little tip for you. What's your favorite maybe nano plant? So there are a couple out there that I like. As far as like filling up the tank, I currently have some Rotala Indica in there. And it's doing pretty good. Oh well. Um, but yeah, I have some Rotala Indica in there and it gets it's if once it starts growing, it starts getting you can clip them and then replant them. I like the Rotalas a lot. There's such a variety of them. Um, and then depending on the type of tank you have, they, they can grow, you know, their leaves will grow really narrow or, or really big and wide. Um, but the good thing about the Rotala that I like is, is it grows pretty fast. And in a small tank, when they grow really fast, you can just clip them, replant them, and you get that full effect really quick. So that's the one thing I like about nano tanks when it comes to plants. Do you recommend somebody just buy the plants they need and just they're good to go or would you say buy like two or three and just like uh, clip them and then just replant it like right off the bat I, yeah. I'd probably buy a bunch um, like I think when I bought mine I think I got a bunch of like each bunch had or each bundle had like maybe ten in them and I got like three bundles three or four bundles of these so I feel the tank filled filled up pretty quickly but you know with with melting you know because some of them will melt back you know or die so once they the others started growing yeah i could really fill it back in but there's like as far as like other plants like you know you have an anubius yeah for your tank and yeah, that, that was my first plant i guess you got pet smart yeah and, and it's the anubis, still alive yeah they get pretty big so yeah pretty i was surprised so i've had it for that tank about two years now so from a PetSmart, it probably had like 10 leaves and now it's probably at like 60. So in two years, so it's not a fast growing plant, Yeah. but it's definitely, it's like slow and steady. Yeah. Right. And that's, so the Anubius now they have the, they have nano versions of it. Yeah. So that's another good thing about, um, you know, trying to get plants. And you can't kill that plant. Right. Yeah. You really can't. I think I gave you my first Anubius that I got, I think. Steve here took it. I'm not sure what what you did with that, or if you still have that or not. It's probably the one on the the rocks. It's probably one I gave you the snails off of. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Because I don't ever buy another one. That's probably where it's from. Yeah, yeah. I had I had an Anubius as my first plant too, and um, now that you say that, I don't I don't remember you give it to me, but now that you say that, it's probably where I got it. Yeah, and I remember um, 
back then, a lot of just like a year or two ago, they they were just coming out with a Anubius Nana Petite, the very small one. Right. And um, I didn't go for that one. It was it, for me. It was too small. So I I got the um, what was it? I think it was the the Nana or something like that. I can't remember. That was a little bit bigger. Um, and then what else did I get at the time? I know Hornwort is a big one for everyone, but yeah. I don't I don't like the look though. I tried Hornwort and it died. Yeah. It died. I tried my 180 gallon. I tried my 15 gallon, and it just turned to like pine needles. So it did not do well. For, it just said in like my tank. And I've had that same problem with um, a lot of like, kind of the fast growers, um, water sprite, water stereo, hornwort. They're all kind of that same thing, and they did really well for a while. But lately, they're just really sucking. So I've been going to uh, Jungle Val uh, lately, and it's um, the kind of the it's a different variety of Jungle Val. This one kind of like it curls up. It starts with an A, uh, but it's uh, it's doing a lot better, and it's for a two foot tank. I would definitely recommend um, that type of jungle valve, and the bonus point it doesn't it's not affected by a flourish excel so right. like regular jungle valve is. Yeah, uh, Steve here is uh, battling the blackbeard algae. Dreaded blackbeard algae. Yeah, the dreaded blackbeard algae. It's been it's been a battle. Um, <laughs> it's a two year. So the first plant I ever put in there, um, I went to a local. Uh, it wasn't a local fish store. It was like a like a PetSmart or Petco, but it was like a different name. And the, they had a, a Java fern mat, and I put that in at my very first plant, and I didn't really know what blackbeard was then so much. Yeah. No, well, no, I actually take it back. I did because I went to a local fish store that had it really bad, and uh, so I actually caught it the same. It was like a day or two. I took the whole plant out, put it in my ten gallon, quarantined it, and uh, I ended up throwing that mat away. But just having a blackbeard plant in that tank for like it was less than a week. And I, I still have it. Like, it, that's so invasive. It's amazing. Yeah. But that'll be for another... Yeah. We'll have another episode. We'll go on, more in depth with the Blackbeard later. On, uh, yeah, Blackbeard and just different types of algae. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, for plants, you know, for the nanos, the nano tanks, you know, you see more... I, I feel like you see more growth and more, more like... Uh, I wouldn't say wild, but you know you can you can have more plants in there, and make it look more full a lot quicker versus a bigger tank. The plants gotta grow, you know, it's depending on how how big of a you know how tall the plant is when you when you first get it, you have to wait weeks for it to get you know decent size to even start looking uh, really nice in the tank. Yeah, I, and like I said, I I seem to have a lot of luck with like kind of the the slow growing plants. I'm not sure. It, it, it could be my lighting just because I am running kind of lower lights right now. But I, I have good luck with Java Fern. So my aunt gave me a small rock. It was like a, a one of like those uh, geite rocks, the ones like the purple or pink. Okay. And, yeah, uh, the geo rocks. Yeah, the geo rocks. And uh, it was kind of like a keepsake. And uh, she's kind of older, so I wanted something I kind of remember her by. So I, I glued a piece of Java Fern to this. And it was probably like the size of your finger, like pretty small. Yeah. And like a year later, that thing is like the size of a basketball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty big. So it grew really fast, and it is definitely the centerpiece of the tank now. And so ever since I've had that in there, I've been noticing a lot of babies lately. So I've had uh, baby Corys, I've had baby Hillstream loaches, and before that, I put this plant in there, never really saw anything. So they're definitely yeah. dropping eggs in there, and it's pretty thick. So. Um, I would definitely recommend uh, that plant. But yeah, so like, you know, with plants for a big tank, you, you gotta what, like stock up with so many of them, you know? Right, that's true. Yeah. And like I said, I would definitely kind of look at the slower growing plants just for a big tank because a lot of those ones, um, you know, for smaller tanks, they're going to outgrow it pretty quick. Right. But for a big tank, it's almost kind of like a coral reef, to tell you the truth, because you don't really have to. There's, I feel like if you had a lot of fast growing plants like I did originally, I was taking out seriously a Walmart sack of plants every like week or two just of like excess. Wow. So it was a ton of work to, yeah. to clip all that every week. Yeah. But with like these Java Fern and Nubius, they don't grow that fast. So my maintenance load has gone down significantly. So for a big tank, I would say get the slow growing ones and make life easier on yourself. And see, I, I would say 
you know, when you get plants for a nano tank, it, I don't think it really matters if they're slow growing or fast growing because yeah. either way, it, you know, your maintenance is not that huge. right. Yeah, and it, you'd fill up pretty quickly. It'd look full a lot right. faster than uh, a bigger tank would. So that's that for plants. Okay. So nano fish versus monster fish. <laughs> monster fish. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in my so. A lot of people don't usually get uh, puffer type fish for your tanks, especially not for like a um, the type of tank I, I made for my nano. You know, a lot of people usually keep a pea puffer or, or two, maybe two, um, in a tanning gallon on its own with, uh, you know, plants and, and maybe in a mono in there or like a loach, you yeah. know, like a hill stream. But I wanted to test something different with the pea puffers so i fell in love with pea puffers they're, they're just the cutest thing to me like that's they're the it's, tiniest puffer see what i didn't know about pea puffers like their tail looks so much like a uh, mabu puffer like it, yeah. it has that yellow yeah on it's, it. yeah it's very yellow yeah when they fan that tail oh it looks so pretty i love it and i always call one like a jurassic park tank because it's got like <laughs> this giant t-rex in there and, like his plants look like trees so it's, yeah. it's like a t-rex yeah, really in a do. forest yeah the plants yeah they, there's there's the whole like bunch of them in like a corner and they like filled it up so it's like a jungle in there and then when he comes out of the uh, from behind <laughs> he looks like he like a shark or like a t-rex he looks so big in this little tank though yeah he's big he's he's more like long but yeah. so i have a pea puffer and then i have four mono shrimp in there and so my pea puffer that i have now he's he's kind of a wimp to be honest with you he, i did have another but he ended up dying so and he was the bully of the two. Princess and Unicorn. Right, yeah. Princess and Unicorn. Uh, unicorn ended up dying, and then we ended up staying with Princess. And Princess isn't really a savage beast as far as, as far as you know, going after any of, any of the livestock besides the snails that are in there for, for him. Or her, I mean. Um, so we got Princess the Pea Puffer. Then we have the four monos in there. And then I do have some Neocaridina shrimp in there. I think currently right now I have four. And like I said, Princess, the pea puffer, does not go after them. Now, this isn't, you know, something that pea puffers, you know, tend to do. They, they are killers. You know, they, there are lots of pea puffers out there that'll go after a monos or go after your neocaridinos yeah because you always hear them being like they're like velociraptor just kill anything that's right yeah they, yeah they're carnivores so so they will go after them um it's just yeah my pea puffer she's she doesn't she's you know she's an oddball but you know i think her fourth though because you know now i have four monos i, I can have shrimp in there and, and they'll be fine i have an auto in there what else do i have hillstream Yes, I have one hill stream in there, and then I just recently bought a uh, school of um, some pygmy quarries, so I currently have five of those, and they all coexist together. And these are all pretty like the monos. I would I would say like in a group of four for a ten gallon, that's enough. Like if you go any more than four, I think it'd be too much for a ten gallon. The pygmy quarries, obviously, because they're you know pygmy, they're dwarf, you know, a nano fish having five or six in a 10 gallon like that would be fine and that's the thing with the with the nano tanks you know they there's lots of nano type fish out there and you can have different schools of them yeah. in, in a tank a and 10 I, gallon tank and it'd be fine i think that's a good point where you know just because you have a nano tank doesn't mean you can't have a school of fish yeah so having a school in a nano tank you know there's so many there's such a variety of nano type fish for nano tanks you know have you can have multiple schools in there and I think, you know, big tank, little tank, I personally like seeing the schools of fish. Right. You know, it doesn't really matter, 180 or 10 gallon. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people like, especially when they're near, they'll buy like, you know, one molly, one platy, a red-tailed shark or something like that. And they'll just have like, like this zoo thing going on. Right, but personally, like mix. Yeah, personally, I, I feel like this, if you buy a school, you get to see behaviors you don't get to see when they're just by themselves. Right. Uh, now, certain fish like betas, obviously, you're not going to really keep them as a school, but. Um, yeah, and a beta, I mean, that. You can have that. That'd be like its own tank, you know, its own nano tank there on its own. Or, you know, you have, you know, your, you know, your main fish is your pea puffer. You have like a, a 
a centipede if I ever have a beta or right. a dwarf grommy or something like that. Right, yeah, and your nano tank have that be your, your show show fish there oh, yeah. for that. But yeah, for, for nano tanks, you know, fish wise, there's it, it's just, you know, it just depends on what you want, honestly, but there is more of a, of a variety for um, for a bigger tank, you know? Because like, like Steve was saying, your schools are a lot bigger and right. the behavior is a lot different. But, I mean, I don't feel like our tanks are that different. I just think my... like, Because I, I have a Corridora school too. I have Panda, panda Corys. So, it's sort of behind... I want steer by Corys, but, you know... My uh, my mom she really likes uh, the pandas so yeah. she she talked me in uh, it was supposed to be a collaborative tank at first but like I I kind of took it over I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> that quickly that yeah quickly ended. Uh, so, but um, I can't really say anything too bad about the pandas because they are breeding in there like rabbits so I don't I don't have to buy anymore those yeah. stickers are expensive they're like thirteen dollars a pop so. Right. I'm definitely glad that I don't have to buy those anymore. But I, I kind of agree with the school. So so my big school right now, so it, Angelfish actually wasn't my main goal for this tank. Uh, my main goal um, after I decided to go with American Cichlids was actually Denison Barbs. So Denison Barbs was going to be the focus um, from the beginning. If you've never seen a Denison Barb, they also called the tor- uh, Torpedo. I think either Barbs or Sharks. Um, Roseline Sharks is another name. So they have a couple of different names. Um, the reason I, I like these fish, they have a bright, uh, kind of a, like a red mark on their face, almost like a rummy nose, and uh, they're just a really pretty fish, especially when they get bigger. So if you have a 55-gallon or bigger, uh, I would definitely take a look at a, a Denison barb. The main reason is they're ultra-peaceful fish. So I wanted a big show fish that was peaceful. Yeah. And that's really hard to find. There's very limited fish that are like four or five inches that like won't hurt anything right so denison barbs you, you you can keep them with like neon tetras you can keep them with you know anything really small i don't know if i keep them with shrimp that's why maybe like an amano with a mono you'd be fine but like a really shrimp or a cherry shrimp adult cherry shrimp probably be okay like but a small baby shrimp probably gonna get eaten right but i think that's most fish yeah i think that would be most fish as far as shrimp some shrimp go minus the amanos and the like the bamboos you know because they're a lot bigger right so definitely, you know, 100% recommend Denison Barb. So I had, I started off with a school of, I think, eight. I lost one over a two-year period, which is pretty good for me. Right. <laughs> so I, you know, and I, I replaced them. So um, I, back in the day, I don't know if they're still doing this, but PetSmart was actually a place I bought them. At the time, my local fish store was selling them for $30 a piece. So that's like saltwater fish price. So I'm not going to yeah. do that. Uh, so PetSmart actually was running the deal at thirteen dollars, so that's you know substantially, you know, right? You know, that's all. That's better than two for one deal. So, so I bought my school at eight, and they take about a year to reach maturity. So they don't breed in captivity. That's their biggest downside. Um, they're bred in huge tanks in India. I think they're breeding them in Israel now too. Um, so the only downside that I would say, Denison Barb, you can't breed them um, in captivity. So my next. And this is the great thing about having a big tank. You can have multiple schools. So my big schools are Angels, Denison's, Corridoras, and now my newest one is Rainbow Fish, the Bosmani. Right, and that's multiple schools of, of bigger fish. Right, bigger fish, multiple schools that could all coexist. Right, we're not talking about like the Neon Tetras right. or, or you know the smaller rainbow yeah. fish that you can get for Nanos. These, these would be more of the bigger schooling And like fish. I said, you could recreate my tank minus uh, like just with, with nano fish in a smaller tank. But, you know, if you want like the bigger, like the Bozmani, the Denisons, the Angelfish, I probably wouldn't do my tank with anything less like a 125. So you're going to need a six foot tank. Um, just because I feel like you could probably do it with a four foot, but I wouldn't be able to have as many angels. I would, you definitely have to have like, a, I, I probably wouldn't do angels at all with a four foot tank. I know people do it, but if you've ever seen an adult angelfish, they're huge. Yeah, they're, they are pretty big. And uh, I have, uh, so I can't keep, keep my school about six or seven individuals, so that's probably pretty much all my schools. So you may not know, but angelfish are kind of jerks. <laughs> so by far the most aggressive fish in my tank are angelfish. Um, and they are, so only recently have they become a schooling fish. Before they would kind of pick a region of the tank and then yeah. defend it. And so if 
having a big tank like that, they could do that. Um, but so I recently, I lost a couple of my, my bigger males. So I have more females now. So they're definitely more, they kind of like, I don't know, they kind of like just formed like a, a school now. Yeah. And uh, so they're not, they're not very aggressive anymore. They're a lot more peaceful. So actually it was kind of, you know, I was really sad to lose my big males because they were some of my most beautiful males. Yeah, I was pretty sad about that myself. Yeah, but um, they're definitely more peaceful now. Yeah, so definitely when it comes to bigger tank, you know, you can have the bigger fish for schooling. Um, there is the variety for both nano and big big tanks, I'd say. You know, there's not uh, any sort of, you know, you can get the colors for both both tanks, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I said, instead of Denison's, if I had a smaller tank, I'd get like Rumino's. Right, They're yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah. Instead of Angel's, maybe like a... Like, uh, I have honey grommies in my tank. I'd probably get some honey grommies. Yeah, you something. can put some honey grommies in. And they have, they have a similar look. They both have, like, those um, fin extensions. So you could, like I said, you could uh, make this same tank in a smaller one. Like, and I have those Bosemani rainbows. You have, like, the blue-eyed rainbows. Yeah, so. the, the Gertrude rainbows, yeah, so. which are really pretty yellow. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, yeah, you can have definitely... So, like I said, you could do it in, like, a 40-gallon and recreate the tank. Yeah. Um, but you just have to, like, substitute different fish out. Yeah, that's true. So, maintenance for 180 gallons. That's, that's, that's the question everybody wants to know. How long does it take to maintain a six-foot tank? Right. And how, you know, how long do you have to cry for every week? Right, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, so I maintain a 15-gallon and a 180-gallon. Um, so, it does take a little bit more, uh, but... The biggest thing I would say, so I had a 55 gallon before um, a community tank, and so I would use a bucket and like uh, like a rather tube, like a siphon tube to to, sw to to do a water change. Don't do that to yourself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't try to move five gallon buckets around up and down a ladder or a step stool because you'll kill yourself doing it. So my best advice, um, if you have a bigger tank. 55 gallon or bigger, get yourself a, a python, which is basically just like a long tube that siphons water out of the tank. Uh, you can find most most fish stores. So I have like a 25, 30 foot one, and it, I think it cost me like 40 bucks. It was the best investment I've ever made in my entire life. Sounds like it. And so it, it can lower, so I do about 20, 30% water change. So it's almost, so about 50 gallons. So if you imagine, you know, 50, you know, that's, that's, 50 trips. Yeah, that's a substantial amount of trips. So that's 10, 10 five gallon buckets you would have to move up and down. Probably a step stool. Um, then go dump it, and then you got to refill it, mm -hmm. and then pour it back in there, and making a bunch of mess. So with this thing, only thing I have to do, flip, I just turn the turn the water on or flip a knob, and then I can either take water out, put water in. Um, so a common question is going to be, do I dechlorinate? Um, the water, like, how do I do that? So what I do, because it's such a big tank, um, there's a lot of room, there's a lot of dispersion. So if you're only taking 20% out, I just dump the, like, the dechlorinate, I do like one cap of prime. So that's about 100 gallons. And I, it's, it's a big cap. I, I have the the industrial size thing of prime. Right. I think it treats like 100 gallons. <laughs> so I do one cap of that, and that's all I do. And it's pretty, it's pretty, really easy. And then as far as, uh, so I do scrape the glass. Um, it doesn't take as long. It takes about 15 minutes to do. I don't scrape the back um, because I have a lot of hillstream loaches and stuff that want to eat that algae. Right. And then, so I, I scrape it with like, um, it's basically like a paint scraper. It's like a razor. Yeah. And then I go behind that with like a sponge. Um, and then the front of the glass, I just take a wet paper towel. And I have a great Dane who likes to put her nose on the tank, so it always gets like smudges, yeah. so I can't clean those off. Um, but that's pretty much. Um, and then I, 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 some, so some, I'm debating on the fact of uh, uh, kind of vacuuming the tank, like siphoning it. So it does remove a lot of waste. Um, but I feel like I've noticed, substrate. yeah. But I've noticed my Amazon swords have really been hurting since I've been doing that. Yeah. So they're about a third of the size they used to be. So I'm wondering maybe I shouldn't siphon. And, You're and, taking the nutrients right, out. Yeah, I'm taking it away from them. Because yeah. everywhere else in the tank, you can't really get anything because there's so many plants and rocks and stuff. But just around the Amazon swords, there's some space where I can siphon. So I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't do that. Just let the swords take their... I'm taking away their nutrients. So. Yeah. 
And a fun fact, uh, angelfish love to breed on Amazon swords. So if you have angelfish swords, or nine times out of ten, that's where they breed. So Right. So on average, how, how long do you think a water change takes you? Uh, so about once a week takes about 30 minutes. And what I did is put, put on a TV show or music or something. and It's pretty quick. And my, oh, your cats, if you have cats, love pythons. Like, my, I have a little boy cat. He loves my python. So he can be upstairs sleeping. The moment I turn that, that I, I just have to open the laundry room and take the python and let it hit the ground. And he just knows. And he flies down the stairs. Because what he likes to do is watch the dirt or whatever go through the tube. Oh, right, right. And so he, like, chase it. Oh, he loves it. That's, that's, oh, that's, that's cute. That is his, his favorite thing of the week. So. Yeah. That's cool. So about 30 minutes. Yeah, it's about 30 minutes for 180 gallons. And that's like a 20 to 30% water change. Yeah, it's about 20 to 30%. Anything bigger than that probably be pushing an hour, right? Yeah, I've done a 50% one time. It doesn't really take longer, um, but you have to be more careful with the chlorinator and the, the temperature because as you're adding a lot of water back in uh, with the python, you have to be very careful about you know what temperature you're bringing it back into. Because 20%... If it's really hot, or because I've, I've accidentally left it on like freezing cold, and I've done scolding hot, <laughs> so I've, I've been there. I've done both those things. Um, so, but in a hundred eight, so this is the great thing with the big tank, though. So uh-huh. in a ten gallon, I would have killed everything. Right. But in a hundred eighty gallon, because it's most of the tank, you know, there's a hundred gallons already there. That's seventy five degrees. If you add, you know, twenty gallons of, you know, let's say a hundred, uh, you know, hundred degree water. It's still going to disperse, so now you're only at like 80 instead of the whole tank's now at 100. Everything died. Right. Yeah. So, so, so. there there is some benefit of having a, a larger tank. Right. Yeah. There is that when it comes to your your water temperature. <laughs> yeah. Check your water temperature. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I know <clears throat> when I do my water change for my my 10 gallon, I do about a 20 percent every every week or, or every two weeks, depending on how how much plants I, I got to trim, you know, because like I said, they do, they do grow pretty quickly, but it doesn't really take me that much time. So like I have a glass scraper, you know, I'll do the front and the sides and just like Steve, I leave the back uh, for my auto and for my, my hill stream. And then, you know, if I have any plants to trim, I'll do that. It doesn't take me 30 minutes. I'd say it, it could take me 30 minutes, you know, if I, like, wanted to take apart my filter, you know, and, right. and do some maintenance on but, that. But you're, you're not normally going to take that. But, long. yeah, right. I'm not. That's, that's maybe once a month, if that, you right. know. But now, now, how often do you change your filter, though, in a small tank? In a, a small tank? Honestly, I haven't. I don't think I've changed my filter <laughs> so, since I got it. So it's like six months or I would, a year? I would say, I think the recommended, you know, time frame to change it would be like six months or something, <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I don't like to follow those rules. So, so I'm an FX6, which is like the biggest, you know, fluval canister. And I, so I have to do it about once a month, uh, probably once a month um, for the stock load that I have. So I, if I had less fish, it probably wouldn't be so bad. So what happens if you don't change it, I found out, is the propeller gets clogged. Right. And uh, bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. So it is not a hard... Th- so I did figure out how to you take it off, just four screws, and you just clean it off. So it's no big deal. But, you know, it was like... So these things always have a middle of the night. So it's 1 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, it stopped working. And I'm like, oh, no, what are you doing? Yeah. So, but, yeah. So it wasn't a big deal, but still... Um, Clean your clean your filters um, because you definitely don't want to get a prop stuck. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think I cleaned mine one time, and that's because when I plugged it back in, the impeller wasn't going, and I was just like, "Well, I mean, what's wrong with it? Like, it's like a month old." Um, but that's about the only thing I did for it. But yeah, I think like on average, I take like 15, 20 minutes to do my my maintenance on my tank if I really, you know. Am rushing, I'd say I'd push closer to 15 minutes. Yeah. And then if I take my time, you know, probably like 30 minutes, that's pushing it though for a 10 gallon, you know? So it doesn't take that much time as far as maintenance goes for a, a you know, smaller tank. So there's definitely that to consider, you know, a, a bigger tank, you, you know, there's your big python hose that you have, um, you know, there's the cleaning of the glass. If you have to do your filter that day, you know, that'll probably take you some time there. You know, you have to set almost a whole day, you know. Yeah. You would almost have to set a whole day for that. Yeah. I mean, if I did, like, 
I, th- I think the most I've ever spent is like I want to say two hours. Yeah. Because I, I I did like a total water change, I did the the siphoning, and then I did a I cleaned my filter the same day. Uh, so I actually don't try to siphon and clean the filter because I don't want to kill the bacteria. And right. I try to keep them in both, at least one still around. So, um, but yeah, the filter of an FX6 definitely takes a little while to clean out. Yeah. And if you don't like touching fish poop, then uh, a canister filter may not, you know, be your <laughs> not the route to go. Because <laughs> uh, definitely, you definitely don't want to wear long sleeves. Yeah, Let's just put it, not. put it like that. Yeah. So there is that factor as far as, you know, maintenance for bigger and a smaller tank. Yeah. You know, bigger you obviously takes longer, smaller, you know, you just take a couple minutes, a half, half an hour or, or something like that, and then you're, you're pretty much done. Yeah. So as far as like the weight of, of the fish tank, you're obviously. And I think a lot of people don't think about this, especially if you live in an apartment. Um, a big fish tank can definitely weigh a lot. So my fish tank, like I said, 180 gallons. A gallon of water is about 10 pounds, about 8 point something. I think it's three, 8.3 pounds. And so you're looking at it. I round up always to 10 to about 100 pounds. Per, or yeah, every every 10 gallons is about 100 pounds. So you're looking about almost 2,000 pounds of weight for this 180 gallons so if, if if you don't feel comfortable parking a car wherever you're going to put it uh you probably shouldn't you know you know if, you, if you're upstairs and you can't put a car up there you probably shouldn't put 180 gallons up right. there and like my stand is mostly two by fours so that's very well reinforced um, never had any worries about it um, it's a custom made stand that the guy put together heavy bolts heavy two by fours so I never had to worry about it. Yeah. But you know, if I was using furniture or something like that, you know, that's a lot of weight. So you definitely yeah, want to think that about is, that. Yeah, that's something to consider there. Um, as far as a big tank goes, you know, because there's the the stand it's gonna go on, right. and where it's gonna go too. It's true because you know, a lot of people they, they don't have six foot, you know, six feet to put a giant aquarium. Right, or it's not leveled enough. You right. Know? Yeah. And in fact, mine's not perfectly level. Uh, a lot of people worry about that. And mine's <laughs> mine's actually not. So it's it's about I would say an inch off. So I've had it for two years, never had any problems. But I know a lot of people they freak out about it. Yeah. So if yours is a little bit off, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, mine's been fine forever. But mine is like double thick glass. So, and so the glass actually is it's actually custom made too. So that might be different than like an Aquion tank or something like that. But if you're getting 180 gallons, this it probably be pretty thick glass anyway. Yeah, it's it, it is a pretty thick, pretty thick glass you got on there. So yeah, when you mentioned the apartment, you know, you, I'm not saying you couldn't have a 180, but you, <laughs> it definitely there's you know things in your lease that probably say you shouldn't go over <laughs> a certain a certain you know gallon. Uh, yeah certain gallons there and I, I believe a 180 would be pushing that whole lot yeah so I'm not sure how people's landlords would feel about you know 2,000 gallon fish tank and then you gotta worry about if it breaks you know where's that water, water damage yeah where's yeah. that water gonna go you know if you have a tenant beneath you so my uh, my little sister she actually had this, that well it wasn't a fish tank it was a toilet and she broke the knob off and it started to flood and the downstairs neighbor into their apartment. Yeah. So, I mean, the same thing would happen with the fish tank. Right, yeah. So, you know, just, you got to be conscious of like, you know, let's just say she got well acquainted with her neighbor that night. <laughs> so, you know, you got to think about those things when you're, you know, think about a big tank versus yeah. you know, a smaller tank. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the, to me, at the time, I was living in apartments and that was a huge factor for me. You know, because there is that weight limit. I was on the second floor. I was just starting off in the hobby so I wasn't trying to go anything anything too big that I couldn't you know keep up with or or have you know maintain in my apartment and, and not get in trouble so the 10 gallon you know was perfect for me you know I could put it like on on the table or on the countertop it doesn't take up too much room and it doesn't take up that much space and then there's the weight you know the weight was perfect it was, it was pretty much nothing you know yeah and then I'd say I think the biggest I could probably have in an apartment it would probably be like a 30. Yes, yes, cuz I have a 30 upstairs. I'd, I'd say a 30 40 would probably be I wouldn't I would do a 4 foot tank like a like a 50 55 would be pushing it. Yeah. So definitely when it comes to to the size um you know for nanos you could you could do a bit more than 
than for a big tank. You know, you could have like three tens, you know, right. in your apartment. And like you can spread those out. And like I said, you can put a ten gallon on just the back anything. Yeah, you really could. I mean, like I said, it go on a countertop or, or a spare table you have or a side table or something like that. My rule of thumb would be like if you can sit on it and it doesn't like, you know, immediately collapse, it's probably going to be okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely for for the nanos, you know, more you can you can you know place them at and and not have to worry about all that that weight distribution. And you know, if you have a ten gallon that leaks, it's gonna be a lot different than a hundred eighty gallon that leaks. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean a ten gallon, you could probably you know patch up real quick or, right. or, or catch you know get a bucket or towels a lot faster than than the one eighty. Because you know we've all dropped like you know glass of water on the ground. That's probably like what quarter gallon of quart at most yeah so that's still gonna be a lot of water with a 10 gallon the 180 gallon that's basically you just dumped a bathtub in your living room yeah pretty much you're just flooding the whole the <laughs> yeah. whole, whole living room so you know definitely make sure you got some thick glass and some some good uh silicon on that uh the bigger tanks yeah definitely so the last thing i, I was going to cover was just uh, the breeding um aspect of like a big tank versus a little tank so you know if you're if you're trying to breed something, I would actually say a little tank would actually generally be better because I feel like with my tank, I think a lot of people think like, well, if I have a big tank, they're going to breed a lot easier. But in my experience, you have like a lot of fish and there's going to be at least one fish that's going to eat those eggs. Um, so I would say definitely a smaller tank for, for most fish that, that you're going to want to breed. Like I, I do have panda cores breeding. I do have hillstream lotions breeding in the tank. And most of the, some of the fry do survive. Um, but I feel like once you start putting like a lot of species in one tank, there's always going to be something that's going to try to eat the eggs or the, like, uh, so I have swordtails and pliers in my tank now. The angelfish, they gobble up those fry before they can do anything. So. Right. Yeah, definitely with a smaller tank, you can, I would feel like breeding would be a little bit easier for, for most fish at, at least. Yeah. I know definitely for, for neocaridina shrimp, you can breed those like, like, like nothing. Yeah. They just breed like crazy. But I feel like that was something, you know, you know, a lot of people don't consider that when they buy a tank. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I can breed it in here. But, you know, most of the time, and at least your experience and my experience, if you don't have like a species only tank, the fry or the live fish, they're not going to survive. Right. So if you made it this far in the, the podcast, you're, you know, you're really troopers and you know, we're glad you found us already. And we look forward to, you know, making a lot more episodes.